From Cape Town, South Africa, this is the Bowman's Shipping Podcast. The show about everything and anything to do with ships, the law, and some stuff in between. I'm your host, Jeremy Prane, a maritime attorney and partner at Bowman's, a leading African corporate and commercial law firm. In each episode, I speak to one of my colleagues or an outside guest and do a deep dive into the world of shipping with a legal slant. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. In November 2001, the Guardian newspaper ran a story entitled Nerdles, the worst toxic waste you've probably never heard of. The South African coastline is no stranger to noodle spills, and here to discuss the issue is my partner, Lana Stockton. Lana Stockton, welcome back to the Bowman Shipping Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. It's good to be back. I think when we last spoke about a year ago, you announced to me at that time that you were pregnant uh, with your first child, and it's now been, yeah, almost a year, and you're now the proud mother of a beautiful baby girl, so congratulations with that, and, and all the best. Thank you very much. It's been completely life-changing, but it's, it's good to be back in the saddle, good to be back doing some shipping. Lana, today we're going to talk about noodles. And I think the best place to start, because most listeners have probably never heard of them, is what is a noodle? So, yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting concept. A noodle is a tiny, tiny little plastic pellet. It's a microplastic. And essentially, it's a product of the refining process. Um, and what noodles are used for is essentially they're used for um, starters in all plastic products produced all around the world. They have multiple uses and probably every plastic that you use in your everyday life has come from a noodle at one point. If we talk about it in the context of shipping, what is the packaging around noodles and and why are they a problem from an environmental point of view? Just because they're so tiny, it's packaged by way of approximately, I think it's about 25 kilogram packets in containers, in plastic bulk plastic bags. So that's how noodles are packaged. Um, they're stuffed into the container and in, in approximately one bag you have about a million noodles. So it's quite a substantial amount that you have just in one bag of noodles in the container when the container can be stuffed with you know, upwards of, of 50 bags. Yeah, and it's been reported that in one container alone you can transport up to a billion noodles. So one can, uh, one can imagine that in the context of noodles spilling out of containers overboard, this can cause tremendous damage. Can you give some examples of the kind of environmental harm that it can cause? Yes, it's actually quite pervasive um, and quite scary what noodles can do. So once these noodles essentially break out of containers from spilling overboard of a vessel and out of the plastic packaging, they usually float. Some can sink, some can float. And because they're so tiny, they kind of look like fish food. And you have all the fish in the ocean and all the organisms in the ocean eating these plastic noodles, consuming them like food, and then obviously dying of starvation because their stomachs get stuffed with noodles. And you have all these dead fish and sea life and marine life washing up on the shores. What also happens is that these noodles can become kind of um, a vehicle for certain bacteria which can infect fish. Um, so fish that are caught uh, for consumption for humans, for example, and humans consume that, it can lead to you know severe food poisoning, outbreaks of stomach flu, that sort of thing. 
Um, and then obviously there's the visual impact of noodles washing up along the coastline and the problem of having to pick up these tiny, tiny plastic pellets, which kind of look like little hail droplets after a storm, but obviously they don't dissolve. It's been widely reported that the largest spill which brought the issue of noodles to the public's attention for, for the most part was the vessel, the Express Pearl, mm. which caught fire and partially sank in May 2021 off Colombo in Sri Lanka. That vessel was reported to have been carrying 1,377 containers on board, of which 422 uh, were carrying noodles. These noodles burnt uh, and melted and dispersed over 300 kilometers around the Sri Lankan coastline. That is a devastating, was a devastating incident for, for Sri Lanka and presumably around the world as these noodles spread uh, in the currents. Mm. You yourself have been involved in noodle spills in South Africa because there have been one or two very well reported incidents there, certainly within the maritime industry. Could you, um, could you expand upon those a little bit and your involvement? So in the recent past, we've seen uh, two major incidents of noodle spills, not to the level of, of the Express Pearl, which was quite a scary incident, just because on, on that vessel, you had all sorts of chemicals being carried on board, including heavy fuel oil that leaked out. But the noodle spill was actually the worst part of the environmental disaster there, which just shows you that the, the level of harm that the noodles can cause. In South Africa, uh, probably in the last four years, we've had two incidents. One was um, as a result of the massive Durban storm that happened in 2017 in the Durban Harbour. Noodles were carried, aboard, uh, carried on board the MSC Susanna. And as, as, as a result of the collision between vessels in the Durban Harbour there, containers fell overboard um, and noodles leaked out. That cleanup went on for about three years, the beach cleanup alone, and that um, escalated to the level of being an IG pool claim, I believe, which is quite significant in terms of uh, monetary value. Um, and then two more incidents following that up um, occurred on board the CSAV Trancura containers overboard as well. Those incidents remain ongoing in terms of the cleanup, and we're still seeing noodles um, wash up on our coast at the moment. But what's interesting about noodles washing up on the coast generally is that it's difficult to determine where those noodles have come from. Just because noodles exist everywhere and they're used in almost everything all around the world, um, and because they are produced on land, when they're produced on land in a factory or used in a factory being melted down into plastics and perhaps they spill onto the factory floor, they're usually washed off the floor with a pressure hose, down into the drain, down into the stormwater, and into the ocean. So the question is, are these noodles coming from containers that have fallen overboard off, off of a vessel, or are they coming from land-based incidents? And it's really difficult to ascertain where, where the noodles are coming from and to do an analysis of, of you know, where the fault lies. So can you illustrate your role as a shipping lawyer in managing and coordinating a response to a spill? What, what is your... What's your function, essentially? So as a shipping lawyer, you're essentially kind of, you know, the, the conduit for the ship owner, the charterer, whoever you're acting for, the insurer. Uh, once, the, once the incident occurs, you want to be the person who is reporting to all the authorities. In South Africa, we have quite a complex network um, in terms of reporting to the authorities. And a lot of the 
governing authorities have overlapping kind of jurisdiction. So you have to ensure that you rep report to the right authorities at the right time with the right information. Um, the South African Maritime Safety Authority is kind of at the pinnacle of, of all the authorities that are involved in a spill incident um, involving noodles. So we would be in direct contact with them, providing them with all the necessary information. Ensuring that the vessel has um, a safe port of refuge, for example, if there are containers overboard and she needs to, you know, offload, restuff and restack and get on her way again. So we'll be talking to the port about that. Uh, we'll be negotiating guarantees with SAMHSA, with the port. Uh, we'll be negotiating fines with SAMHSA um, in relation to the spill incident. And most importantly, we'll be assisting with um, negotiating the cleanup directive with SAMHSA and ensuring that, you know, the costs relating to the cleanup don't escalate to a level that's unmanageable and don't go on for, you know, a, a continuous period. Is it fair to say that the authorities in South Africa take these kind of spills seriously? Yes, very seriously. I think in South Africa we have quite, quite an active environmental lobby that puts a lot of pressure on our authorities especially along the coast. Um, so the authorities take spill incidents very, very seriously, in my experience. And you mentioned uh, clean-up directives. So what do those look like and what sort of um, shape do they take? So essentially what will happen directly after the spill is, is reported to the Maritime Rescue Coordination Centre and SAMHSA, SAMHSA will issue a very general directive saying this incident has occurred, the containers were, were lost overboard at this location, please ensure that you uplift the containers and clean up any spill. It's very general, there's no detail to it obviously because it's been issued just when the incident occurred and no investigation has occurred. And that directive has no kind of ex expiration date. Um, and the problem with that is it can go on for an indefinite period of time. Um, so our job as, as shipping lawyers is to work with SAMHSA to ensure that we are balancing the cost of cleanup and the realistic probability of cleanup with the, the need for issuing this directive and ensuring that the authorities kind of take a hard line against spill incidents. Because I think it's been reported that realistically, in terms of a cleanup, only between 30 and 70% of noodles washed overboard can actually be uh, collected from the coastline. I imagine that the directive starts from a position of a 100% cleanup, and then you have to work with the authorities to bring it within the more reasonable margin. Yeah, exactly. So in the case of the MSC Susanna, um, SAMHSA accepted 70% um, as the number, but obviously the facts of the, the case will determine the number in each, in each spill case. Um, so the directive starts at 100% and it's our job to work with SAMHSA to convince them through using experts, for example, uh, modelling, um, scanning, all sorts of kind of techniques to ascertain, you know, the level of risk um, to determine what the, the correct number is for the specific spill. And what's the position of the local authorities in terms of containers that have gone overboard and have not been recovered and may contain noodles inside of them? So that's quite a tricky question. Um, I think the authorities, the position is that those containers should be recovered and the noodles should be retrieved because there's such a high risk because of the packaging of the noodles that these noodles could escape and essentially wash up on the coast. What our job is, if we're involved, is to convince the authorities that 
uplifting the containers, for example, would result in the containers breaking apart and more nodal spillage than if the containers remained on the seabed. And we'd essentially give them expert modeling opinions based on ocean currents to show that the containers would not be disturbed. So in your experience, what are the implications for ship owners following a spill uh, and the, the master and the crew in the vessel? So the implications for the ship owner, they're quite serious. The ship owner is the face of the spill incident and will be the party who kind of spearheads the reporting to all the relevant authorities. Obviously, there are other stakeholders like the charterers, the slot charterers, you know, cargo interests. But what happens between the ship owner and those parties is separate um, and is contractual and will be determined in arbitrations to be commenced. What happens in South Africa is as between the ship owner and the authorities. Usually, SAMHSA will issue a fine immediately after the spill incident. The level of the fine... Um, is usually not more than probably it, it's relate it's commensurate to the to the spill incident, but I've never seen anything more than about twenty five thousand dollars. The legislation does provide for the imprisonment of a master in relation to a spill incident. I've personally never seen that happen in South Africa, and I think SAMS is reasonable enough um, to be to, to negotiate with the ship owner and its representatives and its insurers, and has a good enough relationship um, with PNI clubs um, to to know that a fine will be sufficient. Fortunately, for owners and and charters who have the appropriate cover in place, there is insurance available in the market for them which responds adequately to these situations. Yes, exactly, exactly. What are your thoughts around the regulations worldwide potentially to reduce the risk of future spills or the, the environmental effect of a, of a future incident? So that's, that's quite an interesting question, and it's been obviously quite topical at the moment um, with the IMO um, noodle pollution incidents. And, and after the, the um, Express Pearl incident, I know the Sri Lankan government submitted, made some submissions regarding um, the, the carriage of, of noodles on board and classifying them as, as hazardous goods. The question is whether storage of noodles below deck will prevent spillage. Um, as I said earlier, the, you know, the source of the spillage isn't always clear. Uh, the source of noodles, noodle pollution could be land-based or it could be sea-based. So, yes, it could potentially prevent sea-based pollution, um, but then, you know, if this ship, for example, gets into a collision incident and sinks, there's still going to be noodle spillage. As regards containers overboard, yes, it could probably prevent um, noodle spillage, but the question is, would better packaging prevent noodle spillage as opposed to storage below deck? If you look at the way container rates are at the moment, do ship owners have an incentive to now want to store these noodles below deck? It's kind of a balancing of interests. I think the via media is that we kind of implement better packaging and um, um, regulations as relates to, uh, as regards the carriage of noodles as opposed to storage below deck, which is quite, quite serious. But we'll see what the, what the IMO says about this. Yes, so I suppose one of the issues from a regulatory point of view is whether or not these plastic pellets or noodles ought to be classified um, as dangerous goods, mm. in which case they would fall into a new classification uh, and a new regime under the 
dangerous goods code, which most nations have signed up to and implemented, which would involve, as you've alluded to, um, the storage of those items below deck and also various disclosures that would be, need to be made to the lines. And of course, there are financial implications for those carrying cargo and, and for the owners concerned. No doubt it, it would have some effect, but as you say, it remains to be seen. Some commentators have expressed the view that the damage caused by noodle spills is comparable to an oil spill. Is that a fair comment in your view? Yeah, definitely. I definitely think it is. I think, you know, there's there's kind of the broader issue of plastic pollution generally in the world at the moment, and that's kind of at the forefront of everybody's mind. We're trying to move away from, you know, um, single-use plastics. And noodles, you know, it's, it's what we use to produce these products. As I said earlier, kind of the pervasiveness of the pollution of noodles is the concern here. It really gets into the ecosystem and and can affect marine life, people, tourism, everything. Whereas, you know, an oil spill is very visible. Noodle spill isn't always visible. You know, it could be consumed by the marine life, for example, eaten by a human and a human gets a stomach bug. Or it could be visible as it could wash up on the beaches. You can see an oiled bird. You can clean an oiled bird. But with with noodles, it's it's really difficult sometimes. Um, and because these plastics don't disintegrate, um, they can exist for a lifetime, lifetimes beyond you and me, whereas in some cases marine gas oil can evaporate, for example. So I think it's definitely comparable to an, to an oil spill. And, you know, in the case of an oil spill, a lot of the times that, that can be controlled with booms and other techniques. Noodles, that, because they're so light and so small, they wash away very, very quickly, and it's hard to keep track of them. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that plastic pollution is on the top of the agenda for most uh, maritime advocacy groups. It's interesting to note that in the last meeting of the International Maritime Organization, this matter has come onto the agenda. Um, I understand from the meetings uh, on the 4th of April that it's been referred to their uh, internal working group for plastic litter from ships, Mm -hmm. and they will be considering the options for reducing environmental risk. So I suppose, as always, there are various interest groups that need to be balanced. There's the environmental, there's the commercial. And we'll see uh, what, as you say, what via media is, is produced at the, at the end of the day. But Lana, this is, a, this is something that I think many listeners uh, would never have heard of. And I thank you for uh, bringing it to, to everyone's attention. No doubt we'll have to watch this space as to how matters progress from here. Thanks, Jeremy. Always a pleasure. That's it for today's show. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. And until next time, thanks for listening.